Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Two Nerds, One Quest. I am your host and DM, JC Dittmer, here with these two nerds, because we still are good at math. <laughs> the man in the Aaron Rodgers jersey, smiling, nodding, basking in the glow of the ghost show, still is one Tom M. Norman playing Bofides this morning. I am doing, on the square, and I am on the level. I'm ready to swear right here, right now. Before the devil. And What's if up, we people? had any hardcore Christian fans, we just lost them. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sorry. No, not sorry. sorry. I mean, yeah, honestly, if something like that is going to ward you off, go ahead. Bye. See you later. <laughs> that man said, if you're, if you're already offended, you're not supposed to be here. Anyway. <laughs> we probably <laughs> lost those people in like episode four or five. <laughs> And if we haven't offended you yet, we will. And if we do, cool. You have an opinion. Thank you. Ah, uh, that man talking there <laughs> in the Green Bay Packers polo is one Jeff Williams playing Oscar this morning. How are you doing, buddy? Good morning, everyone. Over. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. if you guys have ever seen Hocus Pocus or Hocus Pocus 2. I finally saw Hocus Pocus like a month ago. And watched Hocus Pocus 2 yesterday. Those are entertaining movies. I am sorry. I don't care who that target audience is. I am that target audience. I have not <laughs> seen them yet. They are. They are I mean, fun. Didn't fun the first one come out in like, the 90s? 1993. Yeah. Yes. How did you and miss the, out on that? I was that guy back then. It was Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker. And what's her nuts? I forget who the third actress is. I was like, eh. Yeah, I, that was not on my radar at all. Hey, but I got talked into, and they're like, how have you not seen it? I'm like, I'm willing to watch them. I feel like I've missed out, and those will be joining my regular um, spooky season viewing, along with The Legend of Ichabod Crane from Disney, which is, wow. Like, I look at that now, that, that would never fly nowadays. <laughs> all the, like, over-the-top caricature stuff, and mm -hmm. yeah. That's from a different time period. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's like watching Bugs Bunny and seeing them smoking. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of stuff in old cartoons that can be made today. Dressing and drag. Although dressing and drag today, they probably would. I mean, that's probably why we're okay with it. <laughs> it's, yeah, the, it's the, it's the yeah. black face from the 1920s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Or the two, the two crows from. Heckle and Jekyll. Yeah. Need to start making braces WWBBD. What would Bugs Bunny do? <laughs> I like that idea. Oh, anyway. Uh, I'd, like, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd like to say it's a short recap, but there's a lot of words on my paper here. So All right, I well, will, uh, I'll try to I'll read it quickly. We got to get into this. This is going to be, we're going to finish this combat, and then there's going to be a little, like, um, 
Apology for us. An epilogue on this. And then, and then we're going to discuss this yeah. campaign and what we did. And yes. if you guys have mm-hmm. any questions, we'll I have a million, I have a million questions. So, all right, well, hit us with the recap. So, we can right. so uh, if you can watch the beginning of last show to get the uh, recap up to the, this point, we're in the basement of a spooky farmhouse that's full of all kinds of bad things. Uh, last episode, we made it. We started out in the laundry, uh, what was kind of like a laundry room. Um, Bo was holding the, the little walking hand and he decided to remove the ring and he couldn't quite get it. So he decided to put the finger with the ring on it in his mouth and pulled some rotting zombie flesh off of that finger with the ring into his mouth and then, and then promptly barfed. Uh, the two rings when put near each other began to buzz and vibrate. So, uh, that was not advisable the hand then ran away underneath the furnace in a, in another room uh where there was a lectern that once turned around was covered in uh symbology and full of fingers with a nice little contraption to, to sever some fingers um and also in that room were a box of a, a box of records from the farm that show that it was losing money um Bo then uh in trying to monkey with the lectern Lost part of his pinky finger, but in doing so, it opened the door, um, matching what we had read in one of the other books about uh, giving flesh to open the way. Um, but before we went through that tunnel, uh, Oscar went and checked the bar room to make sure there wasn't anything else in there and found a diary that explained that the farm was losing money. A farmhand found a tome that was chained full of rituals, and they decided to try a ritual to get wealth but uh one of the final entries was nothing comes for free so then um Bo in the other room was trying to get the hand uh back out from under the furnace and ended up killing it and putting it in the backpack but it came back later so i'm not sure uh you know killing undead things is is uh complicated uh, the new room was uh, lined with coffins that were full of mummies, and there was a book on the lectern, the book having chains and wrappings similar to the ones from the diary story, uh, and a stone slab. Uh, the, the passage in the book where it was open said, The rings, the fingers, the virgin, and the end. Open your heart and find your new friend. And the hand traced the shape of a body on the dust in the slab. So we decided to go get Claudia, put her on the slab, put one of the rings on her, get the severed finger, put the other ring on that one, and then the light started to pulse, and a shadowy form appeared that had fiery eyes, and it attacked Bo, so then we started combat. Combat was very interesting. We had acid breath, uh, the um, shadow creature threw a book, a chaos bolt that didn't do as much as it could have, uh, Ghost Claudia tried to stop the the um, figure, but the figure ended up absorbing uh, her and seemed to uh, gain some power from her. And that's, I think, where we left. Yeah, that was the end of that. Uh, so, so uh, the the demon freshly right. renewed by Ghost Claudia. Oh, you had a limerick. Got a limerick. Holy hell, I, I missed the best part. That's I'm okay. sorry, Jeff. That's okay. <laughs> oh, the best part, man. Now I'm going to... I'd say I'm blushing, but this is sunburn from yesterday. Um, it's show title. So, Cla- <laughs> it's so, blushing, Claudia, but this is sunburn. <laughs> so Claudia, we had to bring her 
plus rings for her and that finger. Now there's this shadowy guy who I think needs to die so Bo and Oscar can get out of the ringer. Nice. I love it. You used finger. Holy hell. <laughs> nice work. That is impressive. That's like, you ever see the interview with them? They asked Eminem if you could rhyme with orange. <laughs> and he said, it's great. He goes on its surface. No, but if you make it like two syllables, like orange, then he starts rolling through all these different rhymes for it. I was like, damn, mm. that's good. All right. So today the foundation, Claudia's spirit just went into the big black spirit guy, making him look reinvigorated and renewed with power. Uh, he is facing Bo standing on, standing, uh, quote unquote, on the um, altar slab. Um, Oscar, you are standing to his right about 20 feet or so. And the hand is to your right by about 10 feet, seven feet ish. Cause it's small. And Oscar, it is your turn as you see him renewed. All right. Yeah. The last time, last thing I did, I cast a spell that uh, wild magic me transported over here. And I realized, I realized that I left the uh, bottle of alcohol on the other side. So I'm going to move back over there. And then I am going to, uh, because, you know, my turns are complicated. I'm going to cast Chaos Bolt at first level, and I'm going to use my um, Tides of Chaos yeah. uh, okay. to give me advantage on the attack roll. I assume that counts as a spell attack roll also. Yep. So. That means I get to make you roll in the wild magic chart, right? I mean, you can choose to do that or you can choose other. No, no, I want you to roll on the wild magic <laughs> chart. Anytime, anytime someone's using wild sorcerer, you're rolling on that. Right. You use it. Uh, ew. Uh, so 12 hit? Just hits. It does. That oh, is cool. its AC is 12. Oh. I don't know if we got around to that last, no, we did last not. week. No. I thought that that would not hit. You, but hey, you I'll had really it. high and really low swings at him last time so all right so uh it would be eight points of uh okay i rolled fire and lightning fire didn't do so well last time so i'll go with lightning so eight points of oh wait no eight points plus i gotta do a d6 on top of that the d6 is the D3. fire or lightning it's, no it's it's weird it's 2d8 plus a d6 but the 2d8 roll with the effect and the D6 you have to do separately. I don't know why. So it's 11 points of lightning damage. That's all lightning damage? It's okay. all lightning damage. It does damage, but it's not as much as you thought it should have been. Okay. And now... Uh, and now we're in the wild. I cast the spell. Okay. <clears throat> Let's Here turn you into go. a potted plant. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. I... After show last time, I would have rolled the game hit points. So let's see if I can do that again. 79. It was a good year. It was a good year. Uh, <laughs> I wonder why. Illusory okay. butterflies and flower petals flutter in the air within 10 feet of you for the next minute. Oh, so how, one how the, pretty. <laughs> one of the uh, non 
And Mr. Now looks like a bunny in a field. <laughs> I need my camouflage cloak from the other campaign. Yeah, right. Uh, let's see. I don't... Actually, yeah, bonus. Uh, if you'll let me for a bonus action, I would like to pop the cork on the alcohol bottle. Sure, yeah. If it was laying out, you know, bonus yeah, was, action. Was... You didn't use all your movement either, so in some of your movement and your bonus action, pull it up and... Okay, yeah, I don't want to dump it out just in case. Did you say there was there was light from this room? Is there an actual open there are flame torches. somewhere? There are open flame torches on the walls, yes. Okay. That got brighter as the ceremony was, like... Okay. Yeah. As they were coupling. <laughs> and if, you watching, words? if you aren't watching, it's a House of the Dragon reference. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm actually, yeah, I'm going to move... Uh, yeah, the bot. So the bottle is just. I'll slide the bottle with me, but so the bottle is just okay. to my right on the floor. I'll stand right in front of the door. Just you in didn't case pick I up need the bottle. A... I thought you were picking up the bottle. I'm carrying. I'm carrying my wand. It's a little complicated oh. to hold two things at once. And I make a dexterity. Yeah. Make a dexterity check. Two objects, one paw. Oh, I probably just dumped the alcohol all over the floor, didn't I? Let's see. Uh, probably. Uh, five. Yeah, yeah, because you pulled the cork first. The bo bottle tips and the alcohol I starts pouring out. There will be some alcohol remaining in the bottle, but because, you know, a bottle sitting on its side will hold whatever yeah. is. So, yeah, so, so not thinking I went to grab the bottle as I slid sideways. I went to grab it with my left hand, and it Knock. there is no left hand, and knocked the thing over. Oh, beautiful. Take inspiration. I like that. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Using things that happen to your character for story moments. Yes, thank you. <clears throat> um... That complete your turn then? Uh, that is all I have. Yeah. All right, Ophides, that moves us to you. Staring down, Mister Phantom Ghosty Guy. <sighs> I'm very disappointed that Genius did not react to my comment. Which did comment was that? Two, two objects, one paw. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Is that in the chat? <laughs> I was going to say, that should be... No, he said it out uh, loud. Because I uh, laughed at yeah, it. Yeah, I missed it. You put I that in there it. as a show title too, right? Uh-huh. Of course I did. Yep. Okay. So what are you doing? It's your turn. Uh, well, I guess I am going to get back into... Uh, Oscar's in front of the door. Yeah. I don't want to be directly... I'm going to kind of be off to the side of him a little bit. Yeah. Just so you I'm still not have Oscar's... your yeah. Your Zephyr Strike is up, so you don't have to worry about opportunity attacks. Correct. So I can hit and run. So Which is basically what I'm going to do, is I'm going to get within range, and then I'm going to attack him with, uh, I believe I was using the uh, Short Sword as well. Short Sword. I mean, now technically, if you have two hands, the Short Sword and the Hand Axe are both light weapons, so you could attack one in each hand. Uh, if you wanted to use your bonus action to do that. I could, couldn't I? Mm -hmm. That sounds like a good idea. If you don't have anything else to do. Uh, 15 to hit. 15 does hit. Uh, for 6 damages. Six. What type of damages? It is uh, uh, piercing. Piercing from a magical thing. So it doesn't do as much as you thought it would do. 
and then I'll and then I'll actually remember that I have the hand axe. It's uh, it was the meat cleaver, right? Yeah, Is that yeah. what it was. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, the meat cleaver. Yep. I'll remember. I, I that told I, you to put it in as a hand axe, but it's yeah. a meat cleaver. I'll remember that I have that, and I'll be like, "Oh shit!" I'll pull that out, take a swing, crit. Oh, that <laughs> Nice. And we'll get uh, yeah, seven damage. I rolled a two and a one. Fucker. This is that's, just a meat that's cleaver. So that's slashing damage from a non-magical source. So it doesn't do anything to. Oh. It's just a meat cleaver. It doesn't do anything to him. No, it's a non-magic. It's not a magical meat cleaver. It's not even a plus one meat cleaver. It's just the oh, rusty meat cleaver. Neither is my short sword. Doesn't your short sword have a plus one? No. No. Well, I think you pulled it off that body. I mean, if it does, I don't think we ever learned it. If it did, yeah. Um, you can you can put that as a plus one. I've been treating it that way. Oh, I I know that affects your roll somewhat. That should have been a plus one short sword. Sorry. Now you. That wasn't it. That was an adventuring guy. Yeah. Well, this is honestly the first time you've fought anything since getting it, so. Um, I think in both cases, the plus one would have rounded down or yeah. wouldn't have. Yeah, so, yeah, it would have. I don't think yeah. it would have mattered. And you hit both. Well, it, mat it matters in the sense that he's been doing damage with it. And, like, if right. he didn't have a plus one, right. he wouldn't be able to do anything right now. Right. But as far as... Uh, how many oh. points you might have missed? Yeah, it would have rounded down, so I don't think it would have. Yeah, would have mattered. Yeah, it's one d six plus five. Would have only mattered if it was odd. Yeah, and it's plus five to hit, not plus four. Yeah, yeah. so that that right. does make a difference. And it's a plus one to your damage as well. So yeah. it would have been like any yeah. odd number you rolled would have moved you up to an even number, so you would have an extra point of damage. All right. Is that complete oh, your turn? Uh, no, I'm going to. So I did that. You I moved. said, oh, shit. And now I'm going to back away. You're going to allow it a nail? No, because I have my you're, Zephyr Strike. Zephyr. Oh, your Zephyr Strike. Yes, your yep. Zephyr Strike is still active. Yep, you yep. are right. Okay, I think I have it for two more, two more rounds. Well, I think you have it for like 10 rounds, honestly. And we're only in round three, so... You have a like how, seven how long more. Is, how long is a minute? Around is six, six seconds. Oh yeah, then I have it for quite a while. <laughs> yep, you have it for seven more rounds. All right, and that will be my turn. All right. Um, he took some damage from you. He is going to. He looks. He turns and looks, and he sees the bottle of alcohol laying on the ground. And he is going to pick that up with his mind. Oh, sure. Spill more of it. And toss it at... Um, I need a... Oh, uh, wait. Hang on. Okay, no. It's a Terry. It was Terry. Uh, okay. It's going to heal, heal, hurl, hurl this bottle at both of these. Why are you picking on me? You're the one doing damage to it. Does a 10 hit you? No. It does not. The bottle shatters against the back wall, spilling alcohol, very high proof alcohol behind you. 
there is some on the floor by you, Oscar. I mean, like if you wanted to yeah. dunk something in it and light it and throw it. <laughs> he was looking around for things to throw, and the podium, he wasn't thinking about using that yet. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to throw the podium at you? Holy jeez. Uh, so he did that. Um... He's going to actually take one step this way and turn his ass to kind of face both of you so he's not being surprised by you. Um, I'm going to label this guy Ghost. Nice. He's wildly appropriate. Should have named him Papa. Yeah. Inside joke for those of you that know the band Ghost. Uh, Oscar. It is your turn. All right. Well, uh, since you gave me back my Tides of Chaos, I'm going again. I will use my last first level spell slot to, uh, with Tides of Chaos to Chaos Bolt at advantage. These sparkly butterflies are right That's through pretty. the butterflies. As All it right. goes through the butterflies, uh, it takes some of the butterflies with it, and so you get this really elongated, like purple, sparkly chaos bolt. If it uh, is a dirty twenty to hit, so that absolutely hits. Uh, all right, here we go. Oops. All right, choosing what kind. I got a. Let's see, six and a seven. Let me roll this while I'm looking up the kinds. Six and seven and one. So 14 damage of poison or psychic. Uh, poison doesn't seem like it would do a whole lot. So let's go with psychic damage. 14 psychic damage. I normally give these things to you guys to describe. <gasps> this chaos bolt hits it. And it impacts and there you see it like burn away like um there's a movie i'm thinking of and i can't think of what it is where the guy's fate it um where light is like eating them from the inside and emitting out and i can't think of what it is i can see the image perfectly in my face you're thinking of the temp is that the temple of doom like where the no, guy because that, they kind of melt away yeah. <laughs> that one um i want to say it's like a star wars thing but i can't think of it anyways the light is like emitting from the outside, inside out, as the whole like darkness and ethereal dark, like blackness and void is burned away, leaving Claudius' spirit standing there before you. Are we done? She says. I'm going to look at Oscar and go, well played, rabbit. Uh, um, do me a favor and roll right now. Oh yeah, I gotta do <laughs> that. That's how that happens. This, this may not be over. We may need to stay. <laughs> yeah, I think um, there are things that can come out of this that you may have to fight. <laughs> uh, oh, that rolled a lot. It's a twelve. Uh all right. It's not gonna affect the combat, but um. The combat's kind of over, but what is it? What's a 12? All right. Oh, it's not bad. It's not bad. Okay, so I had to roll a d10. Uh, 
My height changes by a number of inches equal to the roll. If the roll is odd, you shrink. If the roll is even, you grow. I rolled a one, so I shrink one inch. So I'm just a little bit shorter than I was before. You, you, you say well played, Rabbit, and there's just there's a puzzled look on his face for half a second, and it, you swear he shrunk. It may look like he just kind of relaxed. <laughs> but Yes, Rabbit, at ease. We are safe now. <laughs> I'm going to approach uh, the corner of the table and okay. just kind of keep my distance from her, but ask what is, is he gone for good? I hope so. I mean, yeah, I'm me too. Still, still here like this. What's it like outside? Well, dark. Last we checked, there was zombies and scary things all over. Uh, we haven't been upstairs since. Dead cows, dead crows, dead people. Yeah, in, yeah. In. Can we go look? Can you take my body? So this Can you is, bury me? This is an actual ghost form of her. Yeah, this is her. She's talking to you for the first time. Yep, so Can I'm you gonna, bury me? Yep, so I go over to her. And uh, I will pick her up. You pick her up. Um, you take her outside. What do you do? Yeah, I'll well, I'll I'll carry her upstairs, being careful to step over that top step. <laughs> and uh, open, open the time it would happen. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm following. I'm going to straight up use my uh, rabbit hop ability to jump 10 feet to clear that step. And I am going to set her As body you... down gently and lean it against the wall at the top of the stairs. And I'm going to actually like peek outside. I'm going to go around the house looking out the different windows just to be sure it's safe. As you come up the stairs, you you step over the stairs. There's a window there with curtains. There is a sunrise. And there is a bright light shining through the curtains, like blinding, like, you know, when you're driving into sunlight, a sunrise or a sunset, it's hard to look. Kind of what that's like. Propping her body up, you go walk around and you kind of start looking out the windows and you don't hear anything. Um, you step up, the first thing you notice is that the the home seems much cleaner. Chairs not broken or burnt. They're sitting around the table. There's no cobwebs. There's no dust. I'm going to look at Oscar and just kind of give him the rock's eyebrow and like shrug. Like, I don't know what's going on. You notice that there's some fresh fruit on the counter. There's the whole of the house looks like it's lived in and taken care of and kept well. I'm going to open up the front door and uh, step out onto the porch. The front door or the door you came in by the stairs? Because that is the back door. The front oh, door is in the living room. The the door that we came in from. Is, yeah, okay. The, the one Opening that door, there is a lush golden field you see in the distance there are several farmhands working in the field scything down grain and bundling it up 
it's very quiet. It's very normal. You can see in the distance the small village you came from, the bar you came out of, the window that is all together. This seems to be the world before the curse hit it. I'm going to kind of step out into the sun, kind of close my eyes and just kind of bask Enjoy in the glow, it. just kind of put my head back and take a deep breath. I hope the farmhands are ready to see a naked dragonborn. He's not naked. Out. He looks like Britney Spears. He's been over this. He's got his crop top leather armor on. He's covered his... My... Yeah. yeah. My uh, lizard chesticles. Oh. Um, uh, I've been wanting to do this for a while, so I have one spell slot left, and I have a um, sorcery point. So uh, if you go to pick up Claudia to bring her out, because she wanted to be buried, she said. Yeah. Uh, uh, technically, then, if she's a body, she's an object, right? Yep. She's no longer a person. Yes. Yep, okay, I would say. so then I think this I think this works. Once he picks her up, uh, I'm going to just kind of grab a hold of her toe or some just some point so I have a connection, and I'm going to cast uh, invisibility, and I'm going to twin it with uh, with a sorcery point, so that both Bofides and Oscar are invisible, so we can move about the property without being seen to bury her. Both of these and Oscar are invisible, or her body's. Oh, she's an object. I get why you're saying it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So since she, as long as he's carrying her, it's not going to be just a floating naked body. So perfect. You know. I was wondering how you guys were going to do this. Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, Bo, we're invisible. Let's go find a place to to put her. Uh, as he says this, you're kind of stretching in the sun, and you're looking at the city and stuff, and beyond the back of the bar near the woods, there is a graveyard. It was a graveyard you guys would have interacted with had you chose to go into the woods. <laughs> but you chose to go into the cornfield a long time ago. What do you mean we're invisible? You look at your hand, you're invisible. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I cast a spell, so uh, you can choose to um, have me roll a d20 if you'd like to. If I roll a natural one, I have to roll on the magic chart. I'm assuming you want me to. You know this time. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So I want to have some time to discuss this campaign. Yeah. <laughs> All right, rabbit. We'll, let's we'll go. roll it after after the show and see what might have happened. We'll be the first thing we do once I close it. Okay. All right, rabbit. All right, let's yeah, go barrier in the graveyard. So yeah, I don't want to lose him since he's invisible. So I'm just going to hang on and. Yep. Um be towed across the field to the yeah. graveyard. So you I would go way down to the find a spot. Graveyard. Oh, yep, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you make your way down to the graveyard. There's no issue with hiding with people from people because you're invisible. Uh, you do make a sound at one point and someone turns around to look and and at one point, you swear to God, a cow is just watching you. <laughs> like he can see through the invisibility. <laughs> Creeps you out a little bit. Um, <laughs> nothing to see here move along 
Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think I'm not voting for that show title? You don't know me. <laughs> you get down to the graveyard, and there is a grave for Callum. And there is a plot next to it. And you see the dates for it. Um, there is a headstone for Claudia. But it only has her birth date on it. It doesn't have her death date on it. Um, and beyond where there would normally be a death date is just a simple word. Missing. Mm. Sitting next to his headstone. Is is her ghost still following us? <laughs> she's following you. More, oh, you geez. know it more than that. She's she's talking as you guys go. Um, she's commenting on it. She said, "This is farm. This is this is what we were before they tried." Claudia, how long have you been missing? I don't know. When's my brother's death date? <laughs> she looks at it and, and she goes, I don't even have a point of reference for what year it is now. I would Here. tell her what the year is, whatever the year is. You're not sure what the year is. Oh. You're not even sure what this place is. This is not a place you've ever been yeah. to before. You woke up here in a basement. So if he says what year he thinks it is, then that doesn't sound familiar yeah. to her. She kind of looks at you weird. She gives you the people's eyebrow like, huh? <laughs> I can't do it. But that's years and years and years in the future. They were messing with stuff inside that book. This wasn't the first thing they tried. They were looking for flesh to be given. There was all kinds of things. I assume that's why... You I don't know. My brother broke the ritual to sacrifice me. He ran in there and stole me off the altar. Is that why they chained him in the basement? I'm assuming so that he just, that we ended up getting caught by the butcher. I don't know if we were flesh to be fed to another ritual or. Hmm. <clears throat> All right, I'm going but to put her body can... down next to the plot. Okay. I think you completed the ritual bringing forth the demon. And now that the ritual is completed, we went back to the state it was at. Instead of the broken, cursed city we were. Arm and all. The last thing you need to do. I'm, I, I wish I had more to tell you, but I, I feel if you put my body to rest, my soul will go. I'll get to see my brother again. We can do that for you. Thank you. Are there any, um, tools around to dig? Yeah, I look around. You find a shovel relatively easily. I was gonna say Ash I have. I was gonna uh, try shoveling with one hand. I'm gonna actually 
trade Oscar. I'll, I'll offer him the 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 cleaver because the cleaver would probably be easier to move dirt. And I'll take One the shovel. Yeah. I got a little, little spade shovel. Over the course of an hour or so, you dig out a grave for um, and lay her body in. And I'm assuming cover her up. That's yeah. how you do this. That yep. what you're doing? I would put the you're dirt putting over anything, the top. I would also anything in the grave with her. Is there anything to put in the grave with her? All kinds of stuff that you found that may... Um, I don't know. It's up to you guys what you do. It's. I'm just asking if you put anything in the grave with her. You guys do have stuff in your inventory that might... Um. Yeah, sure. Know. I've got the... I have a wooden toy horse. I have no use for it. I'll put the wooden... Actually, no, I'm not going to bury it with her. I'm going to put it on top. Yeah, I don't uh, have so if, I don't have anything. Okay, so if you're not burying anything, um pile all the dirt back on top and kinda of pat it down in Oscar as a kind of a final thing, you take it out. And she says thank you when you guys look like you're done. And her spirit starts just etherealizing and the, the slight breeze starts taking her away from the lower extremities. Of oh, the she got spirit snapped. As, you, and as, as you see, Oscar, you step forward and you put the um little wooden toy horse on her grave. Um, and the legs are kind of breezing away. You see a reaction on her face and a smile. And she says a simple word. Breeze. Thank you. And her head whips away and it's quiet other than the sounds of the town. I'm not feeling so good, Mr. Bofides. <laughs> um, do you think we should do anything about that, uh, that room in the basement or? Uh, do you go into the bar? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually take the cleaver back from Oscar and cross okay. and like scratch out missing. You and go to do that? I have a chisel. You can use a chisel if you want to. Oh, you have this. Actually, oh, go ahead. I was going to say you have this great idea to, to do this, to cross out the missing and, and account her as dead. And you go to do it and her death date matches her brother's. Like the headstone changed magically. I'm going to look at Oscar and say, we need to get the hell out of here. Which way? Uh, I mean, do we, should we, I don't want to burn the house down because it's obviously somebody's house right now. Do we, do we need to go back and get the book and burn the book? Uh, burn it, or I mean, I've I've got some connections. If we can get back to where I'm from, we could have it sealed away. All right. Uh, stay here. I'll go run probably out and grab it quick. Probably wouldn't have been a bad idea to bury it with Claudia. I'm gonna I'm gonna 
I'm gonna run downstairs, step, skipping over the steps. You're running. You're running. You're running back to the house. I'm gonna run back to the house. Down as to the basement. You, oh, go ahead. As you approach the door, there's a woman that is opening the door and entering. Um, how long does invisibility last? It lasts for an hour, and you said it took about okay. an hour to. Yeah. Um. She looks at you and turns. Can I help you? Um, you need a place a, to stay. You look. This is a long story, but I need. I need to get into your basement. There's there's something basement. that's down there. We just came from your basement. It's it's a long story, but we there's something of vital importance down there. I need to I need to 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 grab. Well, she yells. <laughs> you see a farmhand from the barn. Yeah, um, this gentleman claims to want to see our basement. What the hell do you want that for? There, he said there. He said he came from there, and there's something in the basement. Make a make a perception check, both of these. Eight. You see what you think is a scowl. You think he is very angry, and he approaches rather quickly. Uh, and you, you think he's actually coming to pound the snot out of you? Maybe. I'm just gonna hold up my hands and say, "Please, sir, I mean no harm. I just, I just need one minute, please." And he walks up, and he, as he's walking, he says, "Nancy, go in the house." And she kind of nods and goes in the house, and he walks right up to you. He said, whatever you think you need in the basement has been handled. Yes, I know. I handled it. He looks puzzled. Like, that Please, was a sir. Long, that was a long time ago. Anything you know you need to forget. Forget about this place. Forget about anything you know about that basement. You're not from around here, are you? What tipped you off? The fact that you look like a pop star from the 90s. (laughs) Not the fact that he's a dragonborn. (laughs) The fact that he looks like a pop star from the 90s. Forget it. Go home. Let it be. Where? Let the dead lie where they lie. Where are we? Where are you? What town is this? What city is this? What? Where are we? You're far in the north, my friend. Far in the north. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I never came up with a place to where my character was from, so... What is the name of the place where the Belting Dragon is? What is that town? The town? Uh, oh, uh... That's uh, where my head's going right now, going, fuck, what is it? Uh, I'm, that, that in my head, house. I want to say like Luskin, but I don't. No, Luskin's the pirate that's... city. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I can find it. Adventures, source books. I was gonna say, yeah, who's quicker on the? Eisendale. Alquin says ten towns. Yeah, it's ten towns, but yeah, there which 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 town? <laughs> Lonelywood. Which of the ten towns? Lonelywood, I believe. Oh yeah, I Lonely think that's. Moves. We'll go with it. We'll go with it. Yep, Nimsy Huddle. Yep, Nipsey Russell. Yep. So, uh, yes, in Lonelywood. Yep, 
Mm. Lonely wood. Is is um, there? And I'm going to look at uh, Oscar, and I'm going to look back at him and say, "We we need we need a place to rest. Is there is there an inn? Is there a place we hey, can go and collect? I can take you down. I can take you down to the ramshackle. That's the inn slash bar. They have rooms down there." Yes, I, I think that would be much appreciated. Just you? Me and me and my rabbit friend. Rabbit friend. Hmm. I was hiding in the grass. <laughs> you, do you step forward at that point? Yeah, I'll, I'll step forward. Ooh. I, but, I've always heard about think? lucky rabbit's feet and how unlucky it is for the rabbit, and now I think I understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you think the rest of our gear is somewhere? Maybe we should check that bar, that the the place we started, and see if our stuff is there. I think a good meal and a good night's rest, maybe. Before you do much of anything, sir, you look awful, both of I, you. I feel awful. I, I will I will get you some clothing that fits you appropriately. Yeah, both I of these have... adventures look awful. Yes, they do. Come on down to the ramshackle. I'll I'll talk to some people in town and send a care package over. Right. Um, there are items that belong to us that we don't know where they are. Um, I can a, put word out. As as he brings us, uh, to the ramshackle, I would explain to him what happened. Because he said, "Forget about what you know." So I would assume that he is familiar and this would not sound crazy to him as you start talking about he said i told you to forget it but where i is understand what you've been through i need i have items that I, are important to me i will i will have people go out and look i'll talk to the constable there may be stuff that got turned in it okay. is possible thank you that is all i ask I'll grab his hand and just uh, say, we buried Claudia, and then go with him. And see if that means anything to him. He looks very puzzled by this. Okay. Claudia's been dead years. So it would appear. And he brings you down to um, the ramshackle. And you go inside, and it's it's a functioning inn. It's a bar. Um, and there is a bartender, just a dwarven guy behind the bar, um, and a couple of patrons. And he goes and handles all the gets your rooms for the night, um, comes back to your table. He said, here, here's some food and two bowls of stew, some ale. And he said, I am going to go talk to the constable about your gear. If, I, if we can find it anywhere or if it's been found anywhere, um, I'm going to talk to some of the other 
store keeps and send a care package to you guys, what names should I put them to? Um, you can list, list them for, for Bo, both of these and Oscar. All right. So you guys eat your meal and um, head up to your rooms for the night and go to sleep. You wake up in the morning and there is a bundle sitting in your room for each of you and unwrapping it is all your gear. I'm going to take a long rest. <laughs> I, that, I, no, that's, I, no you, I just put you through a long rest. Yep, I said I'm, after eating the stew, you took a long rest. Yep. yep. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm clicking on long rest now yeah. before you can take it back. <laughs> there, you're going to have several long rests before Bo has to do oh. much of anything again. Um, you, open, huh. you open the bundles and it is all your gear. It is all in place. And the quality of the room seems to be a bit better. Like, noticeably better. Um... And you step down the stairs into a bustling morning crowd in the inn. And there is a blonde woman behind the bar. Um, there's a dwarf serving tables. Um, and she looks at you and says, ah, good morning, gentlemen. Did you enjoy your stay? Yes, I I do believe that I got a good night's rest. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Is there anything I can get you this morning? Would you like to see a menu? Un unfortunately, we... Oh, I would have gold because our stuff was... Yeah, you got, you got uh, your shit back. Yes, I would like the biggest breakfast you can get me, please. Uh, she hands you both a menu. And as you grab the menu and you look at it, Oh, he fucking walked away. <laughs> <laughs> On the top of the menu, it says the Belching Dragon. Mm. And that is the end of the adventure. Good stuff. He <laughs> walked away right there. It had to be right there that he <laughs> And we all lived happily ever after. He's my mind. I'm voting for that one. <laughs> oh. uh. This is going to be funny because I'm going to swear at him the second he comes back. <laughs> oh, man. Here he comes. You had to walk away right there, you motherfucker. She I hands you a menu and on the top of the menu it says the Belching Dragon. I End did. of adventure. Oh my bad. Sorry, the the dogs. <laughs> no, it's fair. Stacy got up with the dogs. Had to get out. That was that was hilarious for you to walk and stand up right there. And... Yeah, I, I thought there's gonna be more to it. I thought there's gonna be another nope. couple minutes. Nope. Nope. That's the end of it. You see that you see the thing and it says the belching dragon on it. Now it's completely up to you what Bofides does. We haven't referenced him at all in the Belching Dragon mythology. Um, but 
Now Oscar's at the Belching Dragon. That's how mm-hmm. he got there. <laughs> nice. And it leaves your backstories up prior to this to be whatever you wanted them to be, but whether there was a uh, plane shift or whatever that brought you here by the people that kidnapped you, sure, we could do that. Or you could be from the Sword Coast, and it just happened to be you stumbled into this a long time ago, and you time-traveled forward several hundred years. Yeah, I mean, Oscar's backstory had him at a wizard's tower, basically, as an assistant, so that easily ties into, uh, was it Luskin or... Uh, yep, the... Luskin had a wizard's tower. There's a wizard's so, tower, but you are. So it wouldn't be. Lumberwood. It wouldn't even be that far out of place for him to be just. You know, he was looking for somewhere out of Luskin and ended up in the story. So. So that's yay, complete cool. adventure. We didn't die. He did not die. Well, Oscar kind of couldn't die. Well, he could have, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Alternate there timelines. Are, there, there are things that bring people back from the dead in this world. <clears throat> yeah, that was. Uh, good. And then if you if you ended it where we were in uh, uh, in the ramshackle, then I would have just assumed that at some point wild magic would have projected him forward a number of years, and he found his way back because he knew it was there. How do you know that wasn't what happened with your wild magic that I didn't have you? Yeah. With? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see if I get a natural one. <laughs> see what it would have been. I like the idea uh, that it was what projected you forward. Into it time. is natural. I rolled a natural 20. It's uh, No, it is natural one. So, okay. As yeah. far as I can get from it. But... So, in theory... Story-wise, it is your magic that moved you forward. I like that idea that your wild magic moved you guys forward. I was going to say... A, so after with... such a harrowing exist- uh, yeah. experience. Yeah. Harrowing. Oh, uh, by the way, by the way, uh, Tom, when you were gone, Jeff said they and they lived happily ever after. You know me, I have a list of puns sitting in my notes on my character sheet. So, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I was. So. I'd, I'd like to hear uh, now some background to this story. And uh, as you know, I'm all ears. God damn it, Jeff. Go home. <laughs> well, do you have any questions specifically? Like, like my whole idea at the start of this thing, I didn't have the story in place. My whole idea was just to make something terrifying and resource light. Like you have nothing because that, mm-hmm. that in and of itself, we induces anxiety and terror mm-hmm. to to have nothing to to be confronted with a giant with a meat cleaver and a sword coming at you and you have nothing to defend yourself with except the rusty meat cleaver you found and you have mm-hmm. chains on your feet um, yeah no, how- not having a uh, wand at the beginning meant i only had like two spells or and a, and a couple of cantrips that i could even do you did really well with bonfire, like honestly. To and that's the type of thing. Like I, I think going back to Mark Rosewater's articles about Magic: The Gathering and game design, yeah. sometimes having not having a million options induces creativity because you gotta Rest- use what you got to do. Restriction breeds creativity. Yeah, I, exactly. I remember that. I've exactly. That's exactly where I got that from. Was Rosewater? So. Yep. Wait, yeah. you had a question, Tom? Ah. Uh. I did. <laughs> I said, walk us through the parts that we didn't see. Like, uh, if if you put together, like, how did we exactly get captured? Because we don't remember. Um, 
or the was whole that just idea, kind of a loose? It was kind of loose, but uh, with like a lot of my stuff that I, I come up with, it's like I come up with ideas and then I do a certain amount of improv, but I have like places where like the whole idea behind the graveyard is you would have come across, um, you actually would have come across Callum and Claudia's graves. And then there was, I would have built off of that and the woods and there was a witch in the woods as well that might have come across. And she, my initial thought was she was the one that brought you here and then passed you off as like a currency to the butcher. Hmm. So, uh, early, early on different routes you could go. And so when I said, I knew there was a farmhouse through the farm field, which was going to have this house with this ceremony that went wrong is, was what was in my head at that moment for the choice knowing that we are never going to get through the point where I got to plan any of that yet. And then the other direction was um, the uh, go to the, go to the witch's cabin. If you had gone that way, remember Callum said to find a cleric. There was, there was a storyline with a cleric there. I had idea like find a cleric and then like her soul would have been in the finger. Hmm. So her body was soulless, but her soul was tied to the finger. So that's why Callum gave it to you initially. And when you chose to go to the farmhouse, I'm like, okay, well, I need a ritual now. And now I got to involve the finger and the rituals come up. Um, so it's it, the story builds on itself based on your choices, which is really, it's how I like doing things. Cause I like you guys. I have as much fun when you guys make a choice and I got to come up with something for it as I think you guys do making choices and, and expanding the story. And I like to tell my players, you guys have as much input into this adventure and writing it as as i do because i leave it very open-ended for your choices i mm -hmm. i kind of set world expectations of what where things will be and what you will do with them and then kind of let you go play in the world and throw the ball back and forth with you guys yeah i um i missed an opportunity when uh when both of these lost his pinky um for because I, I think kind of in the my thought of future oscar he doesn't have the hand so obviously he didn't fix you know he didn't have it replaced so um although since the time the way the timeline worked it didn't there really was no time to pass for him to go actually get it reattached yeah. so that might actually work out either way but i was figuring like if uh somehow oscar got locked out of that room and had to reactivate the lectern thing and he'd be like okay well i'm just gonna stick my paw in there that already not attached so and then he wouldn't have it so i like this I idea that, way. i like this idea that oscar has like this adventure get like he's settled into working at the belching dragon but he's got like his adventuring bag like like ellie did like she packed up all her adventuring mm -hmm. gear and threw it in the cellar and if she needed she needed to get it out and she did yeah like a gold like bag mm -hmm. uh, yeah and i like to think that oscar's got one of these things that has a little harness that goes over his stump that his wand connects to so that he can cast with that one hand and still have the one hand to function. So basically yeah, you're, you, turned, you turned Oscar into uh what's Skywalker, from, yes. What, no, from, from Arm, Army of Darkness. From, uh, Army of Darkness, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ash. Ash from yep. Ash. Evil Dead. Yeah, basically. Ooh. Anyway. Oscar so, yeah. with a chainsaw hand. This is tapping into little uh little horror things, like having like the butcher that came from Diablo. <clears throat> Yep. Like, like straight up, I'll never forget one of the most impactful things in my life 
And there is, I don't know if you've ever seen Carbot animations, maybe I'll throw it, I'll find the one and throw it into the um, Discord. There is one, he does all these ones on Diablo, and I remember playing Diablo and walking into the butcher's room for the first time and him going, ah, fresh meat, and I'm like, meat, get me out of here. Because <laughs> he like charges you, and there's yeah. like shit yeah. hanging all over the wall. It's like, oh my god! Yeah, so, I, uh, inspiration for that. Um, uh, the, the scarecrows in the field. There was some inspiration for for those being taken from a Pathfinder adventure called Rise of the Rune Lords. There's a whole section where there there are these ghouls, and they're hung on. The people are hung on. Um, it's fantastically written. They're hung on scarecrow posts to ripen they've been bitten by ghouls and then they hang them on these scarecrow posts to ripen and you come across them in the adventure and it's like i, I want to use that again that was fun when i because i was running it for rick and mike and uh another friend of ours ryan and that part was wonderfully macabre and that whole section the skin saw murders is a fantastic like horror themed haunted house type adventure to the point where i kind of want to run it again like again like for you guys, it's a cool little story that leads that that, that whole adventure, the rise of the Rune Lords, is so well written. So, um, my question to you that I remembered: yeah. uh, How long did you expect us to actually survive? Um, I didn't know if you would. Uh, as it went on, I mean, there's. That, Honestly, there wasn't an expectation of survival in this other than I had to see if I could keep Oscar alive or have a reason. And I had a couple of reasons where he could have been. And one of them, <laughs> honestly, one of, the, one of them and my probably my favorite thing was if you guys ran and you were in the woods and Oscar died, that Ellie would find him in the woods. And and revivify him and bring him back to the belching dragon. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean with the wild magic, I don't, I haven't read all of them, but there could also be a point where uh, someone he accidentally twinned himself, and yes. there's two Oscars, and one had this adventure, and one went on to do other things. There, there are many reasons. That's what's so wonderful about a world of magic is you can you can come up with yeah. several different ways to. Uh, I need a reason that A makes sense going to B, but it can't. Okay, well, here's a way to get there. Oh, well, I guess it can then. Okay. There's always a way. Yeah, no, I definitely, we, and I think we talked about this a little in the last episode about like how it goes from the fear of the unknown to just the fear of the, the, the situation. Yep. And that was definitely like, when I think back to that first episode, you know, when we go in it, and you had said it was going to be, I don't know, well, maybe, I don't remember if you said it was going to be a horror episode or not, but I remember going into it thinking like, oh, I'm pretty confident. I'm a cool little rabbit with a, with all these spells. And then you're like, you have nothing, you're chained to a wall, and you don't you're know where you are, you don't ears. know each other. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have anything, and it's like, okay, well, and you're like, I'm just going through all of my, you know, features and traits. I have no inventory. and just trying to see like, what, what do I, what do I even have? What can I do? What, you know, and it's like, okay, what's around me? What can I pick up? Well, you know, we ended up with a chisel and a meat cleaver. And that's all we had for a while. Yeah. So, yeah, we definitely went from that. And then by the third episode, I think, is when we finally got, uh, I got the wand. And he, and yep. uh, both of these had armor. And 
we got to actually like sit down for a minute and rest. It was like, okay, now the unknown is less and the, um, just trying to figure out how do we solve this is, is kind of come to the forefront. Uh, fun fact. And I think I said it before that entire farmhouse was my best friend down the streets house growing up. Like that whole house is very specifically his layout of his house where the living room is now they didn't have a fireplace but that's where his tv was Mm -hmm. but his bedroom and his sister's bedroom was the bedroom with the spores and the bathroom at the end of the hall and the master bedroom was his parents bedroom like that whole like i vividly have that house in my head and what it looks like for this whole thing and it, it wasn't far off like the basement was like they had a finished side of the basement which is when you turn to the left and it, they had a literally had a booth with a table, like two benches and a table. And then his mom's crafting area was on the far end where I had the bar per se, but mm-hmm. it was loosely like that table in his house gave me the idea that this was a whole like bar area with the desk. His dad's desk was down there and stuff. So, um, and his furnace was where the furnace was. And the laundry area was where the laundry was. Like, it is quite literally my friend's house. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Up to and including the haunted room where you had to lose a finger. No. To... Yeah. No. Yeah. They didn't have that. But yeah, there were, there were like... several times. <laughs> yeah, we went in there a lot. I had to go in there once. <laughs> Been in there quite a few times. What are everybody mistakes? Um, the, uh, but that was the scariest part of his basement, that back corner, cause it was like storage and like the furnace and <laughs> like you go back there it was, we went downstairs, we turned to the left, we went and played in the finished area, but it was open in front of you and it was always dark and creepy and walking mm-hmm. back there. So I'm like, yeah, that's where this whole thing is going to be. If there's, if it's going to be there. Yeah, and I think it I think it helps with uh, you know as you're DMing to have that spatial reference. So when someone says I'm going to go to the left in your head, you're already walking them through that house that you remember. Yep. So you know, like you don't have to be like, oh, what does the map look like? Uh, I gotta, you know. Mm-hmm. I know I that. knew I needed to do that before we had Elbear. I needed to know solidly what or what I was directing you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, some fast facts: the thumping you heard upstairs and the knives being thrown into the wall was claudia's spirit she knew you guys needed the ring so she was trying to kill the hand or pin it to the wall with a knife so that you guys could get the ring off of its hand oh nice. so that's why there was the the knives in the hand around the wall that was <clears throat> she was trying to help you guys because she knew what the ritual was and she was like you guys need the rings and so mm-hmm. um what was what was upstairs at the original like, because we got to the top of the stairs and the zombies started. Oh, yeah, we went out. And we went out, we went the, out window. the window. You went out the window at the top. Oh, that's the interior of the bar. There was zombies walking around the interior of a bar. Like, had you gone that way, there was a three zombie encounter. Okay. And then you could have gone out the front door or ran, tried to run through and out the front door. Was there and anything that up there we could have taken? Like, any anything specific that you had set aside? I didn't have anything set aside up there. Had you looked, I probably would have come up with something on the fly. Um, you mean had we survived? 
had you survived, yeah, had you survived, one of the zombies might have had something. Or if you had searched behind the bar, I might have had you roll on a random loot table to to reward you guys for looking for something. Um, in the room that had all the whispers, I've told Jeff this before that there was a gibbering mother. Not you told me that this past uh, week. Yeah, yeah. Um, in that room was a gibbering mother. Which here, let me look this up quick for those of you that don't know what a gibbering mother is. Um, they are. Oops, I spelled gibbering wrong. Apparently. Um, why why you look that up? Gibbering every day. The, the, I think the most yeah. harrowing part of the story for me was the actual the point of us going up the stairs and going out through the window that was the most <laughs> intense point i think for me just because like we were scrambling to, at your ankles and... yeah like mm-hmm. we we're trying to get her out trying to get you out trying not to get cut the door got pushed on your back the, yeah the door got pinning pushed. you to the wall yeah and, yep yeah like so that to me was intense a gibbering mother has an ac of nine uh and 67 hit points and has a speed of 10 feet but uh the ground in a 10 foot radius around it is doe-like difficult terrain and it starts to turn that area each each creature that starts its turn in that area must succeed on dc 10 strength saving throw or have its speed reduced till zero until the start of its next turn so if you get stuck in that around it, it's going to catch you. Mm. Um, it has an ability called gibbering. It babbles incoherently while it can see any creature and isn't incapacitated. Each creature that starts its turn within 20 feet of it can hear the gibbering and must succeed on a DC 10 wisdom saving throw. On a failure, the creature can't take reactions until the start of its next turn and rolls a D8 to determine what it does on it. its turn. One to four, the creature does five or six. The creature takes no action or bonus action and uses all its movement to move in a randomly determined direction. On a seven or eight, the creature makes a melee attack against a randomly determined creature within its reach or does nothing if it can't make such an attack. Basically, what it is, is it when it senses prey, it starts to uh, just gibber and mumber and chatter with several different voices. It has a bunch of mouths. It looks like a like Pizza the Hut with just mouths. It's kind of gross. Um, Ate himself to death. Yep. And it will it will devour any creature it can reach. So it just envelops you in all these mouths, and then you just become another mouth in it, gibbering and adding. So it will like consume its prey that way. Um, there is a. I did have an idea of a storyline um, and there, ah, maybe I don't want to say it because well, there's just this idea of it being like a sacrificial type thing. Like people bring stuff like maybe the butcher was feeding the mother. That's mm-hmm. what all the body parts are for. And that sometimes if he was, he initially started maybe with whole bodies and then realized, oh wait, it's adding mouths. So the more bodies I add, the more mouths I got to feed it. So- <laughs> nice. I mean, he's an ogre. He's not very bright. Oh, uh, so, another monster we fought then was the uh, the flesh pile in the basement. Yep, that was an interesting creature. I think we got uh, was is that a standard creature? Is that something that you um, came up with? Or I pulled stats of something. 
it was kind of a play on this thing, a gibbering mother, but it wasn't. It was it was more just a honestly, I know I know where the it's it was just something I had I made an AC for it, I had an attack for it, and then it could grapple you. But that is based on season three of Stranger Things, the um the the pile of flesh that was summoning to make the mind flare in that uh yeah. old production building. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what that was basing that off because of, I just watched Stranger Things. Like, it's funny. A lot of the times I'll take influence from what I'm interested in at the time. Like right now, I, I just watched Treasure Planet. So my Eberron campaign may go to space. I don't know. <laughs> Still debating that. <laughs> but it is it is based on the Lazar principalities and they're being sky pirates. So it fits everything. So it's just it just means we go out a layer further in the atmosphere. <laughs> Um, did we, would we have any chance of finding the rest of our gear or that was, that was all like, cause that was kind of the thing as we were leaving the building we were in, was our gear somewhere? No, or no, I didn't have your gear anywhere. Like I, I didn't, that's part like, of trying to do the, that whole terror by not having access to things. So when like the... you guys both would have had great relief had you found a bundle of your gear. You would have been, okay, I'm complete again. <laughs> I didn't want that. I didn't want you to relax and be rested. I wanted you to be scraping by with the shit you had, which you were even into the last fight. With an so, armor class of 12, I was definitely sweating balls. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, I think we were both at like 10 without, because I had the um, mage armor and you had the, the ring the, uh, cop top. Yeah. That isn't. That is another thing with the uh, with um, the combat tracker. Being able to see your hit points is very, very helpful. Because I can make the story be story based. Like if I like. If I want to induce tension and try and put one of you down, I'm like, oh, I can just go after you and like I can be that dickhead. I try and put reason behind what the monster attacks. Um. But there are ways you can manipulate that stuff to make induce more tension. So uh, this was very much one. This was a game I knew going in. Like there are times uh, DMing stuff where I will throw you an enemy that is meant for you to steamroll and feel powerful and be courageous and amazing. And then there are going to be times where you're going to struggle and it's going to be a boss or something. It's going to be a hard fight. Um, this game, I knew I wasn't going to throw you anything to steamroll. Everything was going to be a challenge. Uh, everything was going to be stressful just to ratchet the anxiety up and and the storytelling and the horror of it. Uh, so, fun stuff to do. It was good. I I like the character of Oscar. I think because he's we were, we were uh, level three, so I think uh, as far as going forward, Oscar would probably take some quests from Ellie just to level up. We don't have to actually play through those, but whatever. So whatever point, maybe we include him in one of the future one shots. Uh, mm -hmm. It's probably like he's been working for Ellie for a while, and maybe not all out of ten towns, but wherever, whatever makes sense. So I think that's probably the future for Oscar. Uh, curious what Bo might do. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder where would, where where would Bo have gone? Let's let's get into you you guys. So that's Oscar's kind of backstory. We know he ends up at the Belching Dragon. Mm -hmm. So if I remember correctly, and I have to see if I actually made these notes, uh, 
if I remember correctly, I had said that Bofides was a ranger who hated like nature. To. Yeah. Hated, yeah. Hated rangering. Yeah. That he, did it. Right. he was very good at it, but he hated doing it. Yeah. He did it because it was a family thing. Um, and so with him coming out of this experience, being in a place that he doesn't know, he doesn't know where he's at. He doesn't know the, you know, necessarily what's going on. Uh, he may use it as an opportunity to get out of his family legacy. Remake himself. Remake himself. So I'm going to look at the classes to see what he can class as. Cause he may come yeah. out of this class as something else just based on his experience. Yeah. So he would be yeah, three I, levels of ranger and then suddenly become a, like, probably not a paladin, probably, you know, I can't imagine he would bard. suddenly become a, a sorcerer or a warlock or something, but, you know. A warlock, a warlock would make sense. Um, a wizard would make sense because those are book studies. Sorcerer is bloodline stuff, so that really wouldn't make yeah. storyline sense. So if you Actually, went in a magical war direction. Warlock would make a lot of sense because of the ma- mystical well, with, Warlock uh, would also Claudia make a lot of patron. sense. Mm-hmm. Warlock would make a shit ton of Oh my god, Claudia has a patron. That would be fucking cool. Yeah. Actually, um, yep. Like, and I'm thinking Warlock would also make a lot of sense because it would probably bug him that tome and being told to forget about it. And why was that guy so adamant about me forgetting all this stuff? And you start researching it and researching it and researching it. I like yeah. that idea. And if you do go that route and give him a couple of levels of Warlock, we can act, absolutely talk about Claudia being his patron. And I was going to say, and I think that, that that would be so cool. Yep. And that's now that you bring that up, that that makes the most sense out of any other class I can think of. And Warlock's yeah, I w- fun as hell. I, I will say, though, that um, I think that... Uh, Bo used a lot of the ranger skills that he learned to like even navigating through things and stuff. So I think there's probably that that like yeah maybe I didn't like it, but turns out I'm actually good at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of cool to see too. And a warlock ranger multi class. That's wow. Like yeah. you could have some fun with that. Like having having be like. Like you still carry your bow with with you, and it, you use all the eldritch blast stats, but they're always from your bow. Like you draw your bow back, and it pulls back this like mm-hmm. necrotic energy instead mm-hmm. of arrows, and you eldritch blast with your bow. Like just that concept makes me smile inside. <laughs> yeah, I uh, and see that uh, the ranger. Do you remember the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon? How he used yep. he his arrows yep. were magical. Pink. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I picture. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah exactly. That's... Except it would be like being a warlock. They'd be like yep. purple and dark. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's an ability, light. like, uh, I think the artificer, or if you want make like an un- unlimited, uh, unlimited resource or, uh, for a, for like a bow. So you don't have to have like actual ammo. But I mean, like, just like call, call it Eldritch Blast. Use his Eldritch Blast, but he uses his bow to cast it. Yeah, like it like would, you it could would be honestly like a, you could be a warlock and your your like a spell focuses your bow that's left over from your a hybrid. So everything you do is either shot through or swinging or waving of your bow. Um, yeah, and honestly, I, I could make an argument for golden bright white light with Claudia being your patron. And uh, a lot of what surrounds warlocks is like this: you're you're giving yourself over to this evil to do your bidding, but 
could absolutely be someone good and kind and warm-hearted yeah. and and I, I, I see claudia as that i, so. I think what what both of these would do is he would probably end up staying at the belching dragon for a couple of days and kind of sorting through his life but ultimately he would kind of probably go and use his ranger skills to set up like his own little hut home on the outskirts in the woods and kind of almost live a not a lonely existence but he would he would he would turn into the hermit on the, on the edge of town that would come in and hey, do things for the Belgian Kenobi. Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But, you know, he, but he would be like the, the yeah. good person, but he just, yep. because of his experience, he's just in trying to work out his warlock stuff. He would have the need to be on his own, not on his own, but he, he would want to stay away from people just because he would be paranoid. That is of, great. Stuff. So he he would live on the edge of the woods in Lonelywood, mm-hmm. like on the outskirts of town, and he would be the one that all the kids are like, "No, don't don't go talk to the dragon man in the edge of town." Yep. He doesn't like people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and with with ten towns being like half destroyed by the the dragon, there's definitely going to be plenty of uh, uh, you know, old cabins and things in some of the other towns where people just abandoned it too. So it could be any anywhere in ten towns or anywhere up there too. That, <clears throat> You become legend, a myth, and our uh, our our version of the Sword Coast is like really taking shape. We have extra buildings and extra people in places, and I love it. Mm-hmm. We are building a world together with many many characters. And how how do you guys know that at some point Ellie isn't going to send a young group of adventurers to Bofides to? He's got some secret for them that they need to <laughs> to do that. And you could have fun with that. And mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely, that can be any of you. I mean, any of these characters that end up we placing in a place. Um, I think we kind of all have a common understanding. If you want to use them to tell your story, use them. They're, they're there to help in an adventure. Whether you take them out again to adventure or you use them as a, mm-hmm. as, a, as a old man in the woods that may have a secret book that you need. Or a ritual. He'll know a ritual. He may be pissed off that Ellie's sending young adventurers to perform this <laughs> ritual because it's very dangerous. <laughs> Could be all kinds of fun stuff. You got anyway. the rabbit behind the bar. That's Yeah. With with all of that, that's that time. time to close out the session. Uh, thanks to everybody for, for coming in and, and, and watching this final uh, session of the escape, what I call the escape. Yep. Uh, we are making its own playlist on our YouTube channel. Yep. I created a playlist. Uh, so you can go and check that out. Uh, go to bit.ly slash our fun discord to get all of our links. We are two nerds on quest. We are here every Sunday morning, 8 30 AM central time. <clears throat> uh, follow us wherever you can follow people. Uh, if you want to support us, let other people know about the pod. Uh, let other people know about the show. Twitch.tv slash Tom M Norm T O M M N O R M share that let other people know that we are a thing and that we're doing dungeons and dragons stuff uh we have podcasts we have patreon.com slash uh two nerds one quest we have the regular podcast drops monday mornings usually around 7 30 a.m central time so you can get the free podcast that has the pre and post show cut out uh the patreon has everything unedited so we'll have quite a bit of pre-show and probably a little bit of post show um, check it out 
dollar a month gets you all of our shows. So for me, for the Lazy Dragon, for the Missing Cooch, and DMJC, we'll catch you next week. Now we just need to attach Cooch to the storyline somewhere. <laughs> I always attach a Cooch to the storyline.